Welcome to TimeSync. This is episode 108. I'm co-host Amodi. And I'm co-host Hamza. Let's go. Alright, we got follow-up. It's actually a bit late follow-up. I put it up last time. But then something new happened. That happened to fall into the follow-up category anyways. And then I forgot that too. So now we're very late. But basically, season 2 of Wink's Fate Saga, whatever it's called. The Netflix live-action adaptation of Wink's Club. Came out like a couple, couple weeks ago. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Wings Club fans saga. Yeah, let's go. So, and my sister messaged me. She found out before I did. She's like, we're watching this, right? I, I was just like, do I have to? Do I, do I have to? Well, I thought you loved Wings Club. I like I liked Wings Club as a kid. And I had nostalgia for the original show. That's as far as it goes. Like I said about the live action reboot the last time we talked about it. It's definitely just not for me. Oh, this is a live action one. Yeah, yeah I remember that. My sister loves it. She's like prime demographic for this show. And she loves it. It was pretty interesting because apparently her friends found the show on Netflix too and they like it. They don't even know the original Winx Club show. Like they just know it as the live action thing. I thought it was really wow. interesting. But so season two came out. My sister and I, I agreed to watch it with my sister because like, okay, I watched season one. I might as well just watch season two. But like I can only watch it like one episode a week. That's like I'm, I'm willing to give that much time to it. Uh, how long is one episode? Like an hour. Okay. Maybe 52 minutes-ish. It's Netflix, so it's kind of whatever it needs to to tell the story, I guess. But what ended up happening was, after like two weeks, she's like, I can't wait for you. And so she just watched this this series without me. So she... And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Are you saying she really likes Wings Club? My sister liked Wings Club as a kid. But she really liked this show. Because it's like teenage drama. It's like, like they took the original Wings Club and they made it, they combined it with Riverdale. Like, the CW Uh. Riverdale. It's that. And like, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like, it's just not yeah, for me. Yeah, look, okay, look. Y- have you watched Cobra Kai? I have not watched Cobra Kai. Do you watch the original Karate Kid? I did. I love the original Karate Kid. So there are four original Karate Kid movies. Then there's the remake with Jackie Chan Karate Kid. Okay? Yes. Five total. And now Wait, it came up. Oh, there's four not including Jackie Chan? Yeah, four not including Jackie Chan. Three okay. of them were with, with, the, with Daniel LaRusso, and then one of them was with the, with the girl character oh okay so it's like there's like a mini reboot in the middle uh sure i mean this it still used um like miyagi as like the main like central. oh interesting interesting okay but anyways in cobra cobra guy came out and it's a show on netflix and wasn't it originally a youtube original or something oh yeah, yeah it was originally youtube premium or something but now it's on netflix five seasons or something so that's that's a lot actually and i'm i i watched i started watching it i watched the first season started the second season i haven't really gone back to it yet it's not bad. I like the fight scenes. I like it's really anime esque. If you like your anime in your in your live action, you're gonna like it. What do you mean by that? Like, cause that could mean a lot of different things. Like some good, some bad. They're they're like, oh, here's a special move that even Miyagi couldn't do. Okay, so story wise, so story wise, it's very anime. Yeah, and it's like I was like, and here's a, they do like some really cool move, and they like look really cool, and they you know act cool. I'm like, wow, I didn't ex- you know you didn't see that from the original Karate Kid. You know they don't they don't seem like that. I was gonna say I remember uh, I once heard someone describe that. Indian movies are like live action anime because all the special effects and the way they do that. And I thought that's what you meant for a second, then I got very nervous. But you mean like if a story was like, oh, this forbidden technique, only the masters could unlock. It's also kind of the other way, a little bit. But you know, that's all good and all. And I like that. But the problem is, it's another teenage angsty drama where they're like, oh, who who does he like and who does she like? There's like a, a love triangle or something, and there's another triangle somewhere over there. and I'm just like I'm. I don't care. Like I, you know, whatever. High school, we, we get. We we we've been over that. Whatever. But dude, this is what this is what it is. This is what Cobra Kai is about. And this was not what the Karate Kid. Well, a little bit, but not really. Yeah, that's true. So okay, so the, now onto the next interesting piece of news, like the next follow up that was uh, should have been its own thing, but because I I was late, the show got canceled after two seasons. Yeah, after two seasons, Netflix doing what Netflix does, canceled it. It was like, all right, it didn't perform well enough. That's not a big deal. Right? They got two I was seasons. surprised. I was genuinely surprised just because, like, my sister liked it. So, obviously, like, there's a grasp for a certain kind of person in the show. And, like I said, those two two of her friends who didn't even know of the original series, which, let's be honest, was the whole draw to the show for me. For a lot of people, I imagine, it's like, oh, Wings Club. I watched that as a kid. They make a live-action thing. I'll check it out. Like, people who didn't even know that part of it liked the show and were super into it. And so, I totally thought, like, it would have last, lasted a bit longer. But, nope. It got second season. And then, like, a couple weeks after second season came out. They're like, oh no, it's canceled. Well, I mean, two seasons is not bad. Like one, if, at least they didn't cancel. After, at least they didn't cancel after like one season, right? I mean, I guess that's true. 
But even then, like, I feel like it performed pretty well. Like, it was... Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I'm confusing it with, like, the old... Like, when the first season came out, it was, like, within the top ten. Like, I think it was, like, number one for a while on the oh, top yeah. ten. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, that is kind of strange. Yeah, but then when season two came out, I want to say it was... I want to say it was still in the top ten, but it was, like, much lower. Like, maybe, like, day one, it was on, like, nine. And then it just dropped from there. But even then, like, I feel like that's, that's pretty good to get, like, the top ten. Now, maybe second season. It could also be the actors are, like, moving on or they want to move on or something. So no, can... 100% not. 100% not what's happening. Why not? Does you by the message, the creator of the show, or the, like, the director or producer, I'm not sure exactly what their rank is, but they seem like Netflix was just like, no, I didn't perform well enough. Okay, sure. I remember, because all this metadata kind of really annoys me when you're watching movies and stuff, because I was watching Ocean's Eleven. It's on Netflix right now. All 11, 12, and 13 are, but not 8. But anyways, uh... I was watching Ocean's Eleven, and in there, there's a character called Basher, who's like the he he acts like he has like a Cockney accent, like that's kind of his only main trait, I guess. And he's like a demolition, but he's he's played by an actor called uh, Don Cheadle. Yes, so Don Don Cheadle is is the that that character. And there were people talking about how when the movie came out, Ocean's Eleven came out, his name was not in the top billing or something. I don't even know what that means really, but it's it's not in the top somewhere, and he was upset about that. Okay. When I watched the second movie, like Ocean's 12 and 13, I noticed he has, he has whenever I see him, I'm like, well, it seems like he has more lines now, or he's more impactful to the main story. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that had anything to do with the first time when he was upset that, you know, because he was, apparently he was working with the same director, and bef- the fil- the director's film before won, like, a bunch of things because of his acting in that film. I don't know what it was. So it was kind of like a, something like that, you know, so there's some internal thing there. Okay. But obviously they have big names in that movie, you know, they have, like, Brad Pitt and George Clooney and julia roberts can't really just put his name up there i guess you can only have so many names at number one spot you know yeah yeah in fact someone argue you should only have one name at number one that's what it means to be number one but but if okay if, well, for you personally if someone told you oh this movie has brad pitt in it george clooney julia roberts or don Cheadle, which which one of those names would get you like oh yeah i want to watch that movie i mean i'm usually not one that cares about that kind of stuff but if i'd like be yeah, like if you had to care yeah yeah if i had to care i mean i guess probably don Cheadle. Just stop like capping me, dude. You're such a you're such a liar, bro. Okay, uh, so say, okay, say the names again. Maybe I missed the name. Say it again. Brad Pitt, George, Julia Clooney, Roberts, Julia Roberts, and Don Cheadle. Now, fight Don Cheadle like that. No, no joke. You're such a liar. Dude. But that's, that's just because like modern. Like I've seen him in like a bunch of Marvel movie stuff now, so I associate. I'm very. I kind of follow him a bit more, and I feel like whenever I see him in something else that's not Marvel, he tends to be like a really good actor. When I see him in recently, I can't remember now. But like I, I associate him as like a really good actor. You're such a liar, dude. People always see Brad Pitt, like number one Brad Pitt. No, or, no. I, well, you're right. People would say that. You're right. People would say Brad Pitt. But or, that's the wrong choice. Or if they were an older generation, they might say George Clooney. He's not really part of. I my put day. George Clooney above Brad Pitt. That's what I'm sure, sure, but not for me because, in, like, in my generation, we don't really care. I don't feel like I don't. I've really seen that many George Clooney stuff. I've seen more Brad Pitt stuff. That's just what it is. Even though I think they're like probably the same age. Julie Roberts. I haven't seen anything of Julie Roberts at all. I know she's really popular, really famous. Mom probably loves her. But I don't, I don't know anything about it, so. When you said like, I haven't seen anything with Brad Pitt, I'm trying to think of what Brad Pitt movies have I seen? And the only thing that comes to mind is Fight Club. And then for, that was Brad Pitt, right? I think it was Brad Pitt. And then for George Clooney, the only thing that comes to mind is, uh, was it Gravity? That movie where she's stuck in space. He was in that movie? Yeah, he was. Man, I haven't watched the movie in forever. Who was the actual, main actress in the movie? Wasn't that Julia Roberts? Sandra, crazy? Sandra Bullock. Right? Oh, no, so yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. No, but, um... I don't. It's not even about movies about Brad Pitt, but because Brad Pitt got married with uh, Angelina Jolie, right? And they had that whole thing, Brangelina, whatever. It was like a really big news and that kind of, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. That's why he's really popular. I feel like he's more popular than George Clooney in that in that regard. Also, his movie just came out right now, Bullet Train. So that is him. Yes. Anyways, whatever. I guess the point is, you don't like like the behind the how the behind the scenes stuff kind of leaks into the movies. Yeah, I don't like how, no, I don't like how the behind the scenes stuff uh, makes me look at the movie a little differently like i wish oh, I just... you want to be able to you want to be able to watch the movie like in a vacuum just yeah. for, like for what it is yeah i know it's impossible but yeah uh, but you said metadata stuff i thought you were referring to like the stuff that netflix is kind of vocal about and not vocal but like the stuff that it does regarding when it does and doesn't continue shows because apparently someone came out and said like yeah you uh you have to watch the entire season for netflix to even consider continuing the show like i have to do with enough time for them to actually decide whether they want to or not like, completion rate matters a lot, apparently, to Netflix. And that's why a lot of shows, like... It's kind of funny, because the whole idea of Netflix is like, oh, you can watch stuff when you can, right? When you get around to it. If there's a show you've heard good things about, you can watch it a month or two from now. You know, maybe a year from now. But that's not the case anymore, if you like the show. Because if you don't... If you do, if you wait a year, 
they're going to think that people aren't interested in the show because they're only looking at completion rates or completion rates a huge, huge factor to them. And so now it's like, if you, if you like a show, you got to convince people to watch it now and make time for it. Otherwise it just won't continue. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this recently too. It makes perfect sense because there are so many shows out there and every company, every other network, every other company here is publishing their own shows here and there. And so you have to look, they're all competing for your, for your time. Right. And so you have to say, okay, fine Netflix. I'm going to see your new show right now. At the moment it's released, I'll watch all of it because I care about it. And Netflix is like, yes, good. We have this person. Then the next show they release, they'll, they'll hope that we'll come back. It doesn't matter what the show is. They just hope we'll come back. But in reality, that's not what happens, right? People like shows from other networks. People watch older shows for like, you know, the comfort and stuff. And so Netflix is like, wait a minute. They didn't watch the show. And they didn't do that good, even though it might be great. But look at The Office, right? Didn't it not do so well when it first got aired? I mean, it was okay. Like, it's, it's you're right. Like, it's definitely reached a new peak that's greater than it ever was before on streaming services, specifically yeah. Netflix. Now it's on Peacock, and I heard there's like a super fan edition, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I like deleted scenes or something. They re-edited it and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I feel like Peacock's entire idea was like, "Hey, we own the Office, so we can just build a streaming service around the Office." That's Savage. enough. Savage. Savage. I guess none of the other things are really uh, important on there. I don't know. I mean, they're not bad per se, but it, but I feel like early on, especially in the marketing, you feel like the whole draw was like one, it's free with ads, but it's free. And it has the office because we stole it. We, we took it back. The advertising always came off as like, oh, we're doing you a favor. You know, it's free and now we, we have the office. It's like, you could have just kept the deal with Netflix and kept it on Netflix. People weren't really upset about that. But like, no, 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 no. We're doing this for you. Join our streaming service. No, they, they, want, they want a bigger slice of the pie. Let's be real. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Have you watched a show called Two Broke Girls? I've heard of it. I don't think I've watched an episode of it. I just saw it recently on a, on a YouTube short. And I was like, oh, it looks interesting. So I was like, okay, where can you watch this show, right? Searched it up on Google, and the first thing that pops up is Hulu. I was like, all right, Hulu, that's great. Because, I mean, I, it's kind of free, but with ads kind of deal, or like, I, I don't know, I can probably use someone's account. Went in there, clicked on the thing. Oh, psych, it's part of their live TV bundle, so you need to pay like 70 bucks per month if you want to, you know, fit, you want to watch this show, plus every other show included. And I was like, oh, okay, that sucks. And then I looked into Google again, and the next thing was the Roku channel. I didn't even know there was a Roku channel, but that shows you how much I know. And then I was like, oh, okay. Clicked, clicked, on, the, clicked on the link. Da, 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 da. It's free to watch. Done. Like, no no issues. Oh, okay. That worked for you. Okay. I'm so surprised. I was very surprised by that. I remember when that whole HBO Max, Disney, uh, HBO Max Discovery Plus debacle was going down, like when it was like peak news. If you don't know, Warner Brothers is basically going out of business, apparently. That's news to me, apparently. Something happened that bad. But they're trying to merge HBO Max. Well, I think it works out that Warner Brothers is merging with Discovery, like Discovery Network. And they wanted to merge their streaming services together too. So HBO Max gets combined with D- Discovery Plus. And the most common thing I heard when I was talking to people about this, it was, what the hell is Discovery Plus? Like, there's so many streaming services now that people don't even know all of the options anymore. Yeah. And so it's like, People, people heard of HBO Max, but Disney Discovery Plus. I keep saying Disney Plus because, you know, it's a plus. Discovery Plus. Like, what is that? It's like, oh, yeah, apparently Discovery Network has their own thing. It's all, like, geographic-based, I guess. That's all I associate Discovery Channel with. Zootopia Plus coming out soon, too. What is that? It's a show based on Zootopia on Disney Plus. Oh, really? They're calling it Zootopia Plus? I think so. I know it's interesting because every show is kind of like a... Well, I don't really see much of Nick and Judy, so that's... I don't know how oh, they're doing okay. that. That's weird. Uh, I guess it's in the world of Zootopia, so it counts. Did they ever call the world Zootopia in that movie? And now I'm thinking about it. Like, I think Zootopia... Isn't Zootopia like the city's name? Or do they call it something else? I don't remember now. It's been a while since I watched that movie. Yeah, there's so many streaming services. And I think, like, I heard, like, Netflix 2 is going to have, like, ads for, like, their lowest tier or something. And Yep. Which I think costs as much as the highest tier cost when Netflix first started. Which is kind of funny. Man, dude. What is going on here? Back to piracy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is the same joke everybody makes. It's like, when streaming services first came out, when Netflix was a thing, it's like, oh, we aren't a pirate anymore because it's so convenient. Yeah, that was, wasn't that like, isn't that a, uh, a Gabe Newell quote? I, I want to say. He's like, pirates will only exist if it's easier to pirate something than it is to get it legitimately. So like, if you can provide a service that's good enough, people won't pirate. And Netflix was a prime example of that, where even though it cost money, it was just so much easier than pirating it was. You know, you gotta deal with like, 
the pop-up ads and possible viruses. Like, oh, just pay a certain dollars per month and I get all these movies? That's perfect. I don't need to pirate anymore. And then eventually every company wants their own streaming service. And so you have to like buy them all or you start pirating again. Yeah, I do like the bundles like companies have, but who knows how long that's going to last. So, I mean, I was watching a movie you, recently. Uh, when you said bundle, oh. you don't mean the live TV bundle, right? You don't, no, no, not, not that, that one. Nah, screw, screw that, screw that. No, you no. mean like the Disney Plus, Hulu, and like Spotify, all yeah, in one yeah, or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah that, that kind of deal. ESPN Plus, that, all that stuff added. Um, But I was watching a movie recently on HBO Max called Hotel Rwanda. Are you moving on to another topic? Is this happening? That was a transition. Well, you can't just you can't acknowledge the transition, man. Uh, Yeah, so I was watching Hotel Rwanda. First of all, have you watched this movie? I remember in school, we in high school, we watched part of it because it was one of the things where the, the movie was longer than the period was. And so I only watched like the first hour of it. And even then, movie movie days at high school are more just like free days. Yeah. So I half watched it even then. Yeah, same. I watched it in school. But I think it had a pretty, pretty big impact on me because I was really interested by it. And so recently I remembered it because of Don Cheadle. I remember one scene from that movie and it's like a pretty big scene which kind of it stuck with me f- since then. And so I'm, I probably will watch it eventually, honestly, just because like, now scene? you're reminding me of that scene. Wait, what was the scene? It's the scene, you know, where they're driving and suddenly the road gets bumpy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, talked, to my, I talked to my dad about this and he said, he said the same thing where he's like, oh, yeah, he watched, he watched that movie like back when it came out. And he was just like, did, did you get to see the one scene? I'm like, what scene? And he said the same thing where it's like, the way the road gets bumpy. He's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I got it. I watched it recently and yeah, Don Cheadle is in the movie. Does he does a really great job? Like I'm, he does he does an insanely good job acting. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Don Cheadle's a great actor. Yeah, he's a well, it's not surprise, but he's he's a, he's a pretty good actor. And um, everyone in the movie does pretty good actually. I feel. Uh, I think I think interestingly, he's the the movie's called Hotel Rwanda, so it's supposed to be based off of Rwanda, the country of Rwanda, which is in Africa, and it's kind of in the middle southern African part. Like it's surrounded by like. The Dominican of the Congo, Zaire. Uh, it's landlocked, right? Uganda. Yeah, yeah. But I think Don Cheadle himself is from, like, I think if you do his ancestry, like, I know he's not really born there. Maybe he is, but his ancestry is, like, from Angola or something. So it's more, it's his more of Western Africa. So it's a little bit different regions. Okay. It's like the thing you talked about a long time ago, where it's, like, for some reason, entire continent of Africa just gets described as African, and that's it. Yeah. But there's so like Asia, you got Chinese, Japanese, Indian, you know, Europe, you got the thousand countries, Africa, just African, the entire continent, it's just one. Yeah, and yet there's so many, so many, uh, you know, differences. So this is based off of Rwanda, which I had never even heard of before I watched the movie, right? It's, it's a very small, very small country, like in the middle of a bunch of big boy countries that you might, probably have heard of, like, you know, Uganda or like the Dominican Republic of the Congo, probably have heard of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways... The movie, I just want to quickly give a look a little rundown of what actually happened. So this is about a trigger warning, I guess, but it's about a genocide, all right? The Rwandan genocide. And this happened in literally like 1997 or started or something like this. And it's still ongoing until like 2003, 2005. And there's still some little things here and there. So it's, it's like, it's not like it's completely done, done. I guess as these things go, right? They're really deeply in, like in, in into the society. So what happened was Belgium, oh, Belgian. Uh, but like French, right? There was French colonies or French, co- the French, the French colonized Rwanda. Okay, I'm following so, so far. So they owned Rwanda, and I think also Belgium. I don't know is Belgium related to France at all? But that's what it was. I but, don't know. I've heard people associate the two of them, but like, I don't actually know what the what the link is there. Okay, so maybe it was Belgium that occupied Rwanda. I'm I'm not really sure. But so a lot of people they use francs as the currency. Or Franks, okay. I don't know why I say it like that. And they had names like Gregoire and like they had some French names. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, though, the French had been kicked out, kind of. And the, there was a king of Rwanda or a president of Rwanda. And that president is, well, it doesn't matter who he is, but the point is he is of a certain ethnicity called the Hutu ethnicity. Okay, Hutu. Got it. So the deal is there are two major ethnicities in, actually, there's technically three ethnicities in Rwanda. There's the Hutus, the Tutsis, and the Boa. And the Boa are like the indigenous people. Okay. And the Hutu and the Tutsi are kind of like the main central things of this movie. Although in history, okay. technically it's also the Boa, but this movie didn't center on them that much. So anyways, there's two major ones. What happened was when France occupied Belgium, they they looked at people and they measured their noses and their heights and, and their skin color. Oh, you said when France occupied Belgium, you meant Rwanda? Oh, sorry, yeah. When France or Belgium, whatever, occupied Rwanda, then they they had measured all these features of people. 
and they categorize uh-huh. them into either Tutsi or Hutu. So the French made these categories up? Or yeah, these well, categories already the existed? This is what the movie said. Oh. Yes. Okay. They said the French did this. Or, Interesting. I, th- I thought it would be like, oh, it existed beforehand. Maybe the French just came along and kind of solidified the differences. I, I, I don't know where to go with that, but you know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly, because you know how there's like white passing or there's like people that look of a certain thing or mixed and you can't really tell what yeah. ethnicity they are. In this case, there are probably, there are also those things, but it, the French literally put on your national ID card if you're a Hutu or a Tutsi. Okay. So, I think, because like Hutu and Tutsi doesn't sound French to me, you know, so I, th- I, th- I assume they must have been before the French arrived. I'm sure these things existed before, but they organized it and said, you are this one now and you are that okay. one. Okay. People probably said I'm a Hutu because I obviously look like a Hutu. But what about people that don't obviously look like a Hutu? Are they a yeah. Hutu or they're a Tutsi? Maybe there's something else, but they want to be. They want to categorize all of them. Something like Got that. Got it. So, but obviously the reason was to divide them, divide and conquer, right? Yeah. Kind of deal. And what they did was the Tutsi, the Hutu own like uh, the Hutu are like seventy percent of the population. The Tutsi are like twenty percent or whatever, and the rest of the blah, right? But so they left the Tutsi in charge. The minority in charge. The minority in charge, and the Tutsis were kind of like more. Uh, taller, more light-skinned, and more richer. I mean, so some parts of this is classist, like, you know, ec- economic-wise, socio-economic-wise. Mm, and some parts okay. of it is just, you know, like, we're the we're, we're better than you, so we're, because we're, they left us in charge kind of deal. The Hutu obviously didn't like that, so they, they rebelled or something. I don't actually know how it happened, but they kicked them out, and the Hutu are not in charge. So there's a Hutu president right now, is the point. The story starts with a Hutu president. Okay. I'm just giving, like, a little bit of preamble. And the Tutsi got kind of kicked out. Some of them left to the neighboring lands. A lot of them, or some of them, went to the northern country. I have to check this. I think it's a... Uh... Do you know the countries around Rwanda? Just curious. No, not at all. Dude, my geography skills are... I, don't, I couldn't name all the states around California. Yes, you could. I'm pretty sure if I did, I'd probably miss one somehow. My geography is trash. Well, you want to guess? No. No, come on, man. I want to say something. You're going to be like, you're racist. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but that's like as a joke. You know, you're not actually racist. Okay, so. No, uh, I, I honestly couldn't. I don't know if I, I don't know how many African countries I could even name. I know there's an island of Madagascar off the coast on the, on the east side. That's about it. No, wait, wait. Can you name more? Like countries of Africa? Yeah, name, name as many as you can. All right. I don't even know if they're in Africa. Okay, Uganda, I know, is because you mentioned it. Dominican Republic of Congo. Does the Sahara Desert count as one country? Can we just pretend it's one country? That's not even a country, man. Uh, I guess well, the Western Sahara might be a country, so maybe I'll give you that. Okay. My brain's saying Haiti, but I think Haiti's an island. It's not actually, like, in Africa. Is it off the coast of Africa? Is Haiti not actually... in South America? Is it South America? Maybe South America. Because I remember a hurricane hit Haiti, so it must be South America, probably. Uh, It says it borders the Dominican Republic. Oh, uh, it says, yep. It's in South uh, South America. Alright, that's not it. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I got, dude. What you, would you say? What you say? Which ones did you give? So you said I'll give you the Western Sahara. I said, I said Madagascar, the Madagascar, island. Yeah. I said the Sahara Desert as yeah. one one country. Yeah. And then I said the two that you said earlier. Uganda, which I, I knew I would have gotten Uganda. Okay. And then Dominican Republic of Congo. Was that the one you said? Yeah. That's it. That's what, about, what about Egypt? Oh, yeah. Egypt. Egypt, that's, that's, that's African country. Egypt See, is probably one I, of I'll one recognize them. I'll recognize a lot of them. I guarantee you. I just can't recall them. You kind of forgot one of the big ones too, which is South Africa. That's like a, it's kind of like an easy one. That's the one country. Yeah, it's one country. I know that. I just assume South Africa was referring to just the region of Africa that was in the south. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We need. We need to get. We need to brush up the, the geography. But South Africa is like literally just one country. And then there's. I literally opted out of geography in high school. Oh, uh, I didn't even know there was geography in high school. Yeah, there was a geography option in high school. Wait, that's because it was our school was weird. Where like you had to take health. Which was half a year long, and you had to pick something else to fill out the rest of the year, because you know half a year, so you had you had half a year left over, and the options were like computer operations, yeah, geography, yeah, computer other operations. things. Computer operations was objectively the better choice, so I took that one. Yeah, I took that one too. Okay, then there's also Namibia, which I think is also important, is a huge name because I think there's something in Overwatch, like a like a hero of Overwatch from Namibia. Okay, and I didn't recognize that name at all. Another famous one is Zimbabwe. Oh, I recognize that one. Mozambique. Kenya, one. Kenya, Somalia, those two are kind of, Ethiopia, yep, those, those are huge, those Djibouti, are huge, yep. that's kind of like, oh, uh, I should have gotten Djibouti, that one, that one I should have gotten, there's Nigeria, Niger, Chad, Libya, uh, see, all of these I know is African countries, and now you've said them, but like, I couldn't recall a single one, Senegal, okay, oh, that's fine, so I, the, the country above Rwanda is Burundi, or Burundi, okay. 
also very small countries are very small compared to this like the global scale and so the Tutsi a lot of them went to Burundi and they also went to the neighboring areas but they went to Burundi and there's still a lot of Tutsi in Rwanda okay at mm-hmm. the same time they didn't all leave right so what happened was it's not partition levels of moving yeah, yeah, yeah it's not that much but even in partition level of moving like for you talking about the you're talking about the Indian, Indian partition even then like there was more Muslims in India after the partition than really? Muslims in Pakistan yeah there were more Muslims in India than Muslims in Pakistan there's just so many people in India dude just, it's crazy to think about Right now, I think is just Pakistan has just gone past India, but otherwise, even even a couple of years ago, you would say India still has more Muslims. So that's crazy. I I was under the impression that Pakistan was like you had to move, like you had to had to move. No, you don't have to move. You just if you want to move, you can move. So and a lot of people chose to move, but it's difficult to move, right? Imagine just lift, lifting your yeah. whole life over, and people are trying to kill you while you're trying to move too. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so in so what happened? The story starts with. The Hutu president, there's Hutu uprising. A lot of Hutus are believing that they're superior than the Tutsi. And there's a radio. This really important about this movie is radio. The radio is hip right now. And a lot of people have access to it. And there's a lot of channels that say the the Tutsi scum and the Tutsi are bad. And da, 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 and we need to take back our land or whatever. They're basically feeding a lot of heavy propaganda to the Hutu mm-hmm. populace. And there's a lot, I told you there's a lot more Hutu. And the main character here is a hotel manager for a hotel that is a French hotel or Belgian hotel, one of those. And he's um he's just managing it. We should just look it up at this point. He's just looking up whether it's France or Belgium. You're going to kill me, dude. It's called Hotel de Mille Collines. Not the hotel, whether it's France or Belgium. It's a real hotel, by the way. It was sold to someone. I searched up who colonized Rwanda. Assuming that was like probably yeah, when yeah. it started. A German Empire. German Empire? The why are, why are French occupying it? Okay, while Rwanda was colonized by Belgium, so I guess at some oh, point okay. it switched over to Belgium. So it looks like it's Belgium. All right, all right. This is after like two seconds of googling, so you know. Mm. Sabina was the company that owned Hotel Hotel Mille Collines during that time. They were re- they were relevant to the plot of the movie too, which is interesting to me. Sabina is like a air force. The Belgian airline company said, "Oh, it's, it's an airline company, so I, I don't know, whatever." Anyways, um, so he he managed that. The hotel is small. It's I think you can see like a hundred or hundred fifty people or something like that. So it's not like a huge, massive hotel, but it's still it's still a big hotel. And there's a lot of white people in the movie too. So it's, it's it kind of surprised me, but there you go. There's white people, white tourists, and there's people there because of there's a UN peace, uh, peacemakers there. So there's a lot of mm. UN there. You know what's funny? I was watching the movie, and near the end of the movie, I see a UN because they're all wearing these uniforms, right? And he has a Pakistani flag. And I was like, wait, what? Why does he have a Pakistani flag? Then I searched it up, and apparently there are tons of Pakistans and Indians in the UN during this Rwandan occupation, and not just Rwandan occupation, throughout a lot of the UN peacemaking operations. Like, they, they I think Pakistan and India and, I forgot one other country, they have, like, the most people in these organizations. Yeah, I, I could have guessed India, but I would have guessed it based off just population size. I wouldn't have guessed so either of those. I would have guessed I would have like, been like, oh, India, you know, if only like 0.01% of a country joins the UN, India being such a massive population would be, make a large chunk of it. And I would have guessed like China would be huge too. I would not have guessed either of those. I would have guessed something like you know, European countries, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Switzerland or something. I, I mean, that's a bad example. But you know, these, these things. So anyways, mm-hmm. that's just that's a side tidbit. But they're also relevant to the plot. But the, the problem is there's already some kind of unrest going on. And the main character is kind of, uh, I want to say he's oblivious, but he's kind of hoping for the best. In the sense that he doesn't want to believe it's kind of happening. or he feels, Optimistic. Yeah, optimistic. Uh, also relevant to the plot is he is Hutu himself. His wife is Tutsi. So his kids are mixed. Mm. And he has a lot of neighbors that are also Tutsi. So that's kind of important. And, um, well, obviously one day he goes to... I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk about most of the story. But the point is, there is a rebellion going on. The Hutus are getting restless. And there are rebel forces, the Tutsi rebel forces that are coming from Burundi. To try to take back Rwanda. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they're they're launching operations here and there, and they're all failing or they're not doing great, but they are they are doing that. And so the Hutu or the radio is using this to like kind of fuel the flames. Look at what the Tutsi are doing, and a Hutu child just died today, and da 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 da. da. You know they're trying to fuel these flames, um, but no one has weapons, right? They just they they they're they're very poor people living here, and so. They show a scene where there's like you know there, there's there's someone that supplies the hotel with food and stuff and he like drops a box and there's a bunch of machetes that come out. Okay. 
So basically, and he says, oh, they I got them for like 10 cents in China or something. They're like really cheap. And he's like, but why does he have them, right? Obviously, he's yeah. fueling the war, the, 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 yeah, yeah. the, 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 what do they call it? The guerrilla warfare or whatever. So later on, he also, like in True Story too, because he gets, he, it's based on True Story. So he gets a, that person also gets indicted later on for like 20 years in life. And I was like, 20 years in life? Like, what the heck? Where's the death penalty here? But anyways, so basically, uh, they, <laughs> That's they, do, they do way worse later on. But I was going to say like 20 years, like, I thought you were going to say, oh, 20 is pretty low, even as like the minimum. We were like, you're going all the way to the top. Yeah, I mean, this is literally a genocide, dude. Like, what the Yeah, heck? yeah, yeah. This guy promoted a genocide, yeah. You'd have to, I, I'd have to agree with you there. He supplied the genocide. He did other terrible atrocities. I mean, at least that's, that's what the movie implied. Um, but anyways, so what happens is, you can kind of tell there's some kind of weird thing going on. His wife is kind of... His brother-in-law comes in with his with sister, uh, with, with his wife, and he says, we need to leave because I heard from a, a source that something bad is going to happen today. We should leave. And that same day, the Hutu president is going to go to... Uh, I think it was Zaire or Zambia or, or, or Zambia. I mean, I'm making this up, but he's going to another country to, well, maybe it was Tanzania, and to talk about a peace treaty between the Tutsis, Tutsi rebels. He doesn't want the warfare. So, and this guy is saying the brother-in-law is saying I have a good source, and that source he's getting from is from the Interhomway or like one of these people that are part of the like, if you want to call them terrorists or whatever, they're part of these. But he has a friend there that told him this something bad is going to happen, and you should leave because you're a Tutsi. Okay. So he, but the but the main guy doesn't really believe. It. I mean, he does, he believes it, but he's kind of like he's, he doesn't want it to happen. So he's kind of like, nah, it's probably it's probably okay. You know, go back to your house. Everything's fine. That day, the president gets assassinated. Okay. Or his 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 plane is blown down, so he he dies, and it's huge unrest, right? The this is what the Hutus needed to kind of get like their push. And as he's driving home, he sees a bunch of fires and stuff. It's it's already starting, and he goes home and there's like mobs. There's already there's already been mobs and they're already really upset at Tutsi people for like. Obviously, like no real reason, right? Just because you're Tutsi doesn't mean you're bad, by like by default, right? As as yeah. any ethnicity. Yep, yep. So his wife is really uh thing. They, they never see the brother-in-law and sister after that. Okay, I'm just saying they never see the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law after that again. They look for them, but they don't see them. They have two nieces, which are also missing. So they don't know where they are, and he, but he goes back to his wife and he, everything. When he goes back to his house, all the neighbors are at his house, but because they're they're Tutsi and they know they can trust him, even though he's Hutu. Mm-hmm. So they trust him. They hear, but he's saying like, "This is crazy, guys. Nothing crazy is that happening." Even though he knows something bad is happening. Soon-ish later, the military enter, so like they they come to his house because they know they're all here. So this is the Hutu military, the official Hutu military. They're not mob streets. They're not just Hutu population. Uh, you know, young kids who are running around with machetes. They're just the actual the the military come in and say, "We know you're hiding these Tutsi traitors." Okay. The way they get, it seems the way the movie seemed to imply is. The Hutu military, although they're military and they're Hutu or like government, they claim that someone is Tutsi traitor, like he's a traitor to the country because he's a Tutsi, and not just because he's a Tutsi, but because he's doing stuff against the government. Even though there's no real reason why, they just I assume it's implied that it's just because they're Tutsi. Yeah, if you're Tutsi, then therefore you must, by definition, be a traitor to them. Yeah, and this is not all the military. This is just some of the military, although it really seems like it's a lot of them. So these guys come and basically has to really heavily bribe. He sells pretty much everything. Is is wedding tons of things to try to buy back his family, because the man was about to kill everyone. Because remember, his family is Tutsi, and then the wife is like, "What about these neighbors?" Then he has to he has to bribe bribe from the hotel. He's basically gonna steal money to you know save these yeah. people. So it man, it's a terrible situation, right? Anyways, they're back at the hotel and things go on. Yada yada yada. The UN is there too. He tries to explain that you know, but they're peacemakers. They're not even allowed to. Uh, shoot anyone and when they're driving they can see terrible things going on there's like people dying on the streets i think all their neighbors are dead pretty much like the tutsis are already they're already killed so they have the people with machetes have been killing them or maybe the government has we don't really know for sure but even though it's bad he doesn't know how bad it really is right and he's talking to them he's saying how bad could it be and the un is here so they'll help protect us and they'll help you know intervene and everything's going fine there's also joaquin phoenix in this movie you know joaquin jakeen i don't know how to pronounce his name the guy from joker Mm -hmm. yes i guess (laughs) He's yeah, in the movie too. He's one of the reporters, and he kind of shows that, like, his his role is to show how bad the genocide really is. And his he does a scene where he looks at two 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 women in the hotel, and he asks them, "Oh, are you a Hutu or a Tutsi?" And she says, "I'm Hutu." And then he says, "Oh, to your friend." Then he says to the friend, "Like, oh, so you're Hutu too?" And she says, "No, I'm Tutsi." The point is, he couldn't even tell the difference. Oh, okay. Until told otherwise. Exactly. So some of them are very hard to tell any difference at all, and some of them you can kind of tell. So. I think in history they said a lot of people that died from these this genocide was villagers killing their own villagers, uh, because they because the vi- people in the village know that you're a Tutsi or Hutu. Yeah. So they're the ones that are actually killed. Because either you kill them or you get killed. There was something like that. Because even in the movie they showed like he had to kill his own family. They, the guy told him you have to kill your own family to prove that you're a Hutu and you're not a traitor. But he said he oh. w- he doesn't want to do it, right? 
And otherwise, it would kill him. So that's kind of the deal. So it's, it's it's a terrible situation, right? That's to say the least. Oh yeah, for sure. But here's the worst part. I mean, this is what the movie saying is the worst part is after all of this happened, they took videos of it, and he then someone really sees like, wait a minute, this is terrible. Like people are dying in the streets left and right. People are killing them for like no reason. They're killing children, like orphans from an orphanage. Like what the heck? Who does this kind of stuff? And they he but he believes that oh okay, now that the world knows this, they're gonna help us because they know it's genocide. They're going to help us. And this is that scene. This is like that brutal scene where the where the the UN comes in. They take out all the tourists, and the guy, the UN guy that's even in Rwanda, he's like he basically he says something which is really interesting. He says, "The world thinks you're dirt. He thinks they think they think you're worth you're worthless. You're worth less than dirt." He says, "You're not even an N word. Like it's like you're even worse. You're even lower than that. They don't even think you're like that." Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so I remember be- that from the movie I saw. Yeah. Saw. yeah, 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 and it's, it's a really impactful scene. I was like, "Whoa, geez!" Like people, the people don't give a flip. They're like whatever, they just go back to their lives, do whatever. And he's like, "What?" And there's a scene where everyone's leaving, all them leaving, all the all the all the tourists are looking at them like really sad. They're like well, they can't really do anything, and they're looking at them really sad. They can't really do anything, and they they know they're gonna die because they're, they're gonna die. The hotel, the hotel Milkalins is located in the lines of the Hutu place, and the Tutsi rebels are moving in. So this is important too. The Tutsi rebels are moving in. They're coming from the north and from the and from the west. They're collapsing on the capital. But meanwhile, the Hutus are killing all the Tutsis in the capital and every other area of Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And the Hotel Milkalins is out of the line of the Tutsi rebels. So the Tutsi rebels are kind of coming in, saving everyone. That's, all the Tutsis are dying, and they're coming in, coming in, coming in. So, these guys leave, and it was really there was a scene too where there was a British photographer, and he was, but he's black, and so he was trying to leave too, and they're like, well, they were about to stop him, they're like, and they're like, no, I'm British, and he has to show his ID to prove that he's British. So there's like, obviously there's no difference between these people, but they're like, they're like, oh, you're okay because yeah. you're one thing, you're not okay because you're not, you're not. You're okay because paperwork shows that you are from this other place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. So. Anyways, terrible situation. So a lot, a lot of things more, more go on. I won't, I won't get into the nitty gritty, but tons of things happen. There's a scene where there's uh, also there's lots there's lots of sexual violence, tons of sexual violence. I mean, there was, they showed a scene where that same guy that I was talking about, he's like literally getting, um, women and putting them in cages and stuff. And and they, uh, and he's the main guy's looking. He's like, what is this? He's like, oh, those are Tutsi like prostitutes and witches. Like, it makes no sense, right? Like, none of this makes any sense. It's a genocide. It's a terrible situation. So, well, what happens is the Tutsi rebels are moving in, and this man, they say this man used all of his power he can. He has, he uses Sabina's help. He asked tons of people to help him, and he. Finally, after a long time, he gets that help, but it's like really, really late, right? But he does get the help, and they move out of the hotel Milkman. Everyone gets out of the hotel Milkman, and then go to the outside lines, and the rebels come and they take over. So at the end of the whole genocide, the Tutsi Tutsi rebels accomplish the goal of taking Rwanda, mm-hmm. and a ton of the Hutu in the Hutu government and the Hutu living, they leave. They run away to the neighboring countries of, uh, you know, like Zaire and. The Republic of the Congo and all these other countries—they they go over there. I'm surprised such a small minority was able to do that. Well, remember these are these are Tutsi rebels that are living in Burundi. Mm-hmm. They were kicked out, and I, there was there's also a lot of strategy they were talking about in the Wikipedia article and stuff. Like they're like they use a lot of the help of the diaspora of the Tutsis and the people that were attacked by the Hutu genocide people. He asked them to help too. So the people that the two rebels are coming in kept growing and growing and growing, and they were, did really clever strategies. Like they didn't attack straight at the capital; they went all around, cut off supply lines, you know, waited a very little organized. bit. Very organized. Yeah, very very cleverly collapsed on the capital mm. and Kigali. That's like the capital. So that's what happens. So at the end of the movie, it shows like it's a happy ending. They find the two nieces too that mm. were missing, and well, it's a happy ending for the main characters. And the main guy right now with his family, they don't live in Rwanda anymore; they live in Belgium. Oh, okay. So he's like. Screw Rwanda, I'm out of here. And the thing is, I mean, it's unfortunate because the people that left in Hutu, the people that left, the, the Hutu people that left, they later on, like I think a couple years later, I organized, organized another attack back. And they kept attacking back every other year. So would, it just becomes like a back and forth kind of deal. Yeah, back and forth. And the Tutsis would, would overcome. and you know, So it's, 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 a, it's a very strange situation. It's a very sad situation. And it's like tons of people died. I think there was a scene in the movie where the guy's like, we're going to we're gonna kill all the Tutsi. And he's like, you, re- you really think you can kill all the Tutsi? And he says, and he literally says, "Why not? We've already killed half of them." So that for him, that's like really mind blowing. He's like, "No, there's no way he did half." And that's, he, I think really he just could not even believe that. That's a scene where you know he goes over the you know, it's Bumby Road and Bumby he realizes, Road. yeah, that whoa, okay, it's it's legit, it's real. This is like this is really happening. They have killed half of them. They don't care if you're a woman, if you're a child, if you're anything, as long as if you're a Tutsi, they'll just kill you. Even if you're a Hutu rebel, they'll kill you, or a Hutu traitor. What they say. The, I think the important thing to get away from this is. 
it's one thing for the military to do this, right? Because the military, you know, has has like lots of power. They have a lot of uh, guns and weaponry. They have money and stuff. They've trained people to kill humans. But it's another thing for the people of the own country to pick up these machetes they never fought in their life, or maybe they have, and go around and killing their own neighbors and stuff. That's that's the part that really drives me insane. Like I don't know how any I don't I can't imagine myself doing that to any of my neighbors. I don't know how anyone can do that to any of their neighbors. You know. I recall one you going back to the whole UN thing you mentioned. I remember one scene from the movie, which has also stuck with me a bit, was the one where it said, I don't know the details, because like I said, I was half watching it, because it was a movie day and school, so. But it's a radio interview, and they were asked, I mean, they were asking the UN why they weren't, inter- why they weren't like, going in and trying to create peace and stuff. And the response is, they're like, oh, there's a genocide going on. How can you not stop that? How is that not, like, part of your goals as the UN to stop genocides? And the response is like, well... We've seen evidence of genocidal actions. Yeah, yeah. But not a genocide per se. And it's like, what does that even mean? Like Acts I, of genocide. But that doesn't yeah. mean they, they, they can't classify it as genocide. Because if they do, then that means they have to do something about it. Exactly. It was just a way for them to say like, oh, well, if it's acts of genocide, well, then that's not our jurisdiction. Only if it's a genocide, genocide. And it's like, I that stuff like that makes me so like, disappointed in like organizations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's difficult. I understand that it's difficult to get in there and stuff, but when you see these images and you see people dying, it's like, well, how can you not do something, you know? But Yeah, like, what's, what was the, what's the whole point of uh, something like the UN? Yeah, it's like, it's just a place where people get to talk, and, you know, get out their feelings and stuff, but really, like, come on. There's one, you need the action, you need the action. They had peacemakers, peacekeepers on the ground. This is a specific title, I can't remember if it's maker or keeper. They're not allowed to shoot anything, but they're, they're able to, like, you know, medical supplies, they help out this kind of things. They had tents, they helped out people. And even even when the Hutu uh, refugees left, they were they were intense and they were being helped and stuff. Um, but they they I mean the Wikipedia article at least claims that those were run by Hutu uh, commanders and stuff. They weren't really run by the UN, even though that's on paper it was. So estimated five hundred to eight hundred thousand Tutsi, uh, and some Hutu uh, were killed. But that number always changes. Like they, I don't I don't I don't know who that person is. Like every year he's like hmm, you know what. I'm going to re-figure out how many people actually died during that. Because every couple of years, they're like, first year, they're like, the, the, the Rwanda officially says there's been like a million Tutsi deaths. Then there was a study came out that said, that's more closer to 500,000. Then another study comes out that actually maybe around 600,000. It's like, who's studying these things that deep? You know? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. How do you refine that number? Like, surely, surely after a certain amount of time, it's impossible to regain that data. Like, that's data that like is just lost over time. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I have no idea how they do it. And so this, I think this is a good, it's a good lesson for everyone in the world, wherever you live, that, you know, these things can happen. Civil unrest can happen. And not just can it happen, it has happened. And it's happening today, like literally today in different parts of the world right now that, you know, we just put a blind eye to. I mean, we can't really do too much. That's what we tell ourselves. Put a blind eye to. But these things happen. And uh, how do you prevent that in your own community and in your, in your own livelihood, right? Something you should think about. And how does that even start to put that down right away? Because... A yeah, lot these, of, things don't, these things don't happen overnight. Not at all. Like there, there are signs that you can see. And if you're able to recognize those signs, you could make a difference before it gets too late. And a ton of people are saying this is because a lot of it, a lot, I think around 10% or something has to do with the radio propaganda that really pushed out some of the Hutu to do this stuff. But, you know, like the main character was a Hutu guy. He was a nice guy. They considered him as a Hutu trader because he, he helped tons of people, tons of Tutsi people and Hutu people. But there are also lots of Hutu people that were bad and that didn't care. They just cared about their own survival, which is, you know, you can argue either way. And there, there's Tutsis that were being, they're the minority, they're being killed out. But there are also Tutsi rebels coming in to try to help them. So the world is a very, uh, it's not black and white, right? It's very gray. I'll be honest. I don't know if you can go to another topic after this, Hamza. Yes, we can. So let's talk about Minecraft in Minecraft. You I don't think you can do that. You don't I don't think you can do that, Hamza. Oh man! Like it feels, t- it would feel, it would be so inappropriate. Just like cue the music and then cut to us talking about Minecraft. Like that, I don't, I don't think we can do that. All right, that's fair. That's fair. You know, also the Dominican Republic of the Congo like changed name many times too. So it was like it was like Congo before, and maybe now it's Dominican Republic. Before it was like now it's Zaire. So there's like different names for this uh, country. But another thing is, if you look at Rwanda, it's kind of in the middle, smack that middle of a bunch of big boy countries, like bigger countries. And I think that happens a lot in war too, when there's when there's big countries that are fighting, some of the min- smaller countries in the middle can kind of get encapsulated into those fights anyways. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a little unfortunate as well. Would you recommend the movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I told I told I was telling this movie to my 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 parents or my mom specifically, and cause she she she's interested. But when I showed her the even just showing her the trailer, she was like, "Oh, never mind. It's too sad." I was like, "Yeah, it is. It is sad. It's a sad movie." But this kind of movie is like, it's obviously portrayed in a certain way. Right? Yeah, I mean, the events. It, it, yeah, that's the thing with like movies based off true events. There's always yeah. going to be some kind of. I remember there was a graph I saw once. I wish I could find it. I don't know if I'll be able to find it to put in the show notes, where it showed like it was the runtime of a movie. And each historic event we marked with a color, with like going from dark blue, light blue, light red to dark red, indicating how much of that scene was actual fiction versus nonfiction mm-hmm. and how accurate it stayed to it. And every movie had like a significant, like a non-negligible amount of red in it, except one. One was like, it was blue all the way through, just light what blue at that? some points. Selma. What? Selma, the movie about Martin Luther King Jr. and gained the right to vote. It was the only one. And when I was watching the movie, I was pretty surprised because they, they acknowledged the fact that, like, Martin Luther King Jr., like, cheated on his wife. Slept with other oh, people. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the movie acknowledged that. And, like, that's when I realized, like, oh, this movie is, like, legitimately serious about trying to be, like, as accurate to the history as possible. Yeah, that's impressive. I wish I could find that graph. Because I guarantee you, if, that, if I could find that graph, Hotel Rwanda was probably on that list of movies. Yeah. The thing is also about history is, you know, it's it's not like it's perfectly recorded. So that's true. Based off that, they do whatever they it's can. It's often never know. written by the victors. Yeah, or like you know, the UN might be like, "Well, we don't want to be that negative in the light, so we have to like push our idea that we didn't do that bad." In the movie too, I was like, they did kind of nothing, but they're the UN. They're trying to push like, "Oh no, you they were trying their hardest, but they they just didn't get the right thing that they didn't want," you know. But it's like, okay. I also don't like it. Like going back to like movies based on true events, when there's like, like. You can lie by omission, right? You can, like like I said, the this, this Selma movie could have left out the fact that Martin Luther Jr. cheated on his wife yeah. to per- portray him as, like, this virtuous person 100% of the way through. But they're like, no, no. He was human at the end of the day. He made mistakes, too. And my go-to example of, like, movies that just didn't commit to, like, the sadness or the tragedy of stories is The Imitation Game. Are you familiar with the movie The Imitation Game? Uh, not really. It's, it's supposed to be about Alan Turing and oh, his okay. work towards uh, cracking the code of the Enigma machine. You know, basically, he's considered the father of computer computer science, I believe, the way it goes. I always forget whether he's the father of computers or computer science. I think it's computer science. That's the one. Because some other guy, like, back in, like, the BCs or something, was considered the father of computers because he actually came up with, like, an idea that could be a, considered a computer. But yeah, Aaron Turing, father of computer science, hugely revolutionary. He's basically considered the reason why the British and the Allies were able to defeat the G- Germans because he was able to crack their code machine basically by making a computer and the end like the way it goes in history which the movie does acknowledge is that he's he's outed as being a homosexual and the government forces him to take a bunch of medicine to basically completely destroy his libido and then he and the thing is he commits suicide at the end he's not american though right it is british british British, British, so the british government forces him to take the medications and then he kills he suicides yeah he commits suicide suicide. because most likely because of the effects of the medication and so, Jeez. the movie acknowledges that part. Except they don't show him the way he commits suicide. Because the way he commits suicide is also kind of an interesting tidbit. Where he poisons an apple and then eats the apple. That's the way he chooses to commit suicide. Because he was apparently he was a huge fan of Snow White. And that's the way he chooses to finish his story. Okay. And the worst part with the imitation game is that it, it doesn't show that. It just shows him like after the medication. You can see he's me- mentally not all there anymore. And then it just shows to like it cuts to like the the photos of like who they were actually, and like a little tidbit at the bottom of like you know, where, where are they now or you know what happened yeah. after the movie ends. And then they, they they acknowledge they commit suicide, and they also acknowledge the fact that the British government has officially like apologized for that, which is something I'm always very not sure how to feel about. Because on one hand, it means nothing, basically to apologize. Oh yeah, we, we're sorry we actually caused that man to commit suicide. But on the other hand, it's like if a country doesn't do that, then I feel, I, feel, I hate them even more for not even acknowledging the fact they did it. So it's like. I don't know how to feel about those kind of things. Yeah, it's like the apology has to be there, but it doesn't mean it. it's too late now. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's both ways are terrible. But the, and they don't they if I remember correctly they acknowledge they commit suicide, but they don't mention the, the apple thing again. And what bothers me the most is because they clearly foreshadow it earlier in the movie a thousand times. 
maybe watching a version that was that it was cut out because you know some people don't like to show that someone committed suicide. But I watched it on Netflix though. Like I don't think yeah, it's maybe I don't know. I doubt that. Like, it's not like a, a a a flight movie or something. You know where they cut out the scene of the plane crashing. Like I don't think that's how it, it works on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. I'll check them. You're right. Maybe it's like a director's cut where they actually kept it in. But I'm pretty sure theatrical release, the scene is in there. But they foreshadow it so much. Like every scene the guy's in, he's almost always has an apple in his hand. Or he's throwing an apple to people. Or he's like throwing the apple around. He always has an apple. And the first scene you meet the guy, the, the he's played by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Plays the uh, intern. And the first scene you see him in, he's sweeping something off the ground and two officers come in because they're investigating something. And they, and he tells them, don't breathe. This is cyanide. This is cyanide in the, that I'm sweeping up and stuff. And that's the way he did it in the end, was the cyanide in the apple. It's like, oh, all the right. foreshadowing is right there. And yet, they just didn't commit. And I feel like the movie would be so much more impactful if they kept it in the end. They didn't even mention that he committed suicide? And they, I believe they, they mentioned the suicide in that the, at the, after the movie ends, the text boxes that appear around characters' names. Or maybe they do admit, I mean, in the movie they, they say, okay, he does commit suicide. Like, they acknowledge that he commits suicide, but you never see him commit suicide, nor do you see the character or the casket or anything like that. It's just, maybe a character has a line or two at the, at the end of the movie where they say that, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? But I was, I was just so disappointed because like, you, you had all the foreshadowing. I guarantee you somewhere there's a version of that movie, like that script, where, or that screenplay, where it has the scene where he does it. But they, they cut it for one reason or another. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's technically not dishonest. You didn't lie. The movie's accurate to the to the nonfiction where he d- they acknowledge that he committed suicide, and it's because mostly the government t- forced him to take medication that messed with his mental state in his body. But it's just like by choosing not to show that scene, I feel like you lose something still. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure, it's way more impactful. Movies do as they do, try to get the best. You know, they're also they they want to make money. It's unfortunate, but it's not it's not a documentary, right? Imitation Game was not a documentary, was it? No, no, no. It was definitely like a, I don't know what to call it. Like I don't know what to call it, but it's like highly fantasized. Yeah. I'm sure that movie had other flaws that I didn't know because I don't know the entire story of Alan Turn. Yeah, yeah. All right. Want to just end it now? Yeah. <laughs> that was the most sad. Nah. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. Yeah, I've ever heard. It's like, want to go? Yeah, I guess. So that's the end of the episode, I guess. Like. I don't want to. I don't want the ending to be kind of upbeat because I feel like it would just be super inappropriate. So I was gonna be like, "Yeah, that's it. The episode's over. Go home." Hey, listen, listen. It's it's important to talk about these things. It's sad, yes, it, but it happened, and it could, it could, it not only could, it will definitely happen in the future. So these things are important to to learn lessons from and figure out, you know, what you can do, kind of stuff. So, anyways, yeah, have a good one. Have a have a happy day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See you later. <laughs>